Hello and welcome to another Youth Ministry Podcast. I am Chris. And I'm Jared. And we exist to encourage and equip pastors, leaders, and parents in ministering to today's youth by discussing current events, doctrinal topics, answering questions, and anything else that deals with youth culture. Good morning, good afternoon, or good evening, whenever you are listening to this very special episode. Uh, This episode, I am flying solo, but do not be alarmed. I am interviewing a very special guest. Thank you for listening and tuning in to this episode. This interview is a product of our contest, a listener submission uh, for a guest, and working off the topic suggestion. First things first, a little housekeeping. We are now on Instagram. You can find us at another YM podcast at Insta- on Instagram. So head on over there and connect with us on social media. Give us a follow and connect with us via the DMs. Send us a message. Let us know what's up. Uh, before we move into our interview uh, and announce our guest, I'd give you a practical tip. Usually Chris gives these practical tips and they're great. And so I've learned from him. And this week's practical tip is feed.bible. This is a free online resource with a small group curriculum, insight matrices, uh, which enable you to pull your leaders and students to gauge your ministry health. If you're like me, sometimes it's hard to assess where your students are, where your leaders are lacking and need more training. And I've just begun to use this resource myself and has a lot of good questions to help you and your leaders determine where your ministry strengths and weaknesses are. You can check it out at feed.bible. It's a great Generation Z resource. Uh, Links also will be in the show notes. This episode is a special to me because I have the opportunity to interview and talk with my senior pastor, Pastor David Smith. Uh, he's been the senior pastor here at Bethel Bible Fellowship Church in Emmaus for about two and a half years now. Uh, before that, he was the founding pastor of Grace BFC. Uh, he kind of goes into some of that in the interview. Also, he's a Bible teacher at Harrisburg Christian School. Uh, he has a passion for young people that comes from teaching a Bible class at the Christian School. Uh, and I think I've, I've definitely felt that and seen that. Uh, and hopefully you'll be encouraged by this interview. We sit down and talk about the importance of senior pastors supporting uh, and pouring into youth pastors or youth leaders. Uh, and he kind of gives some advice on how to go about doing that, uh, finding that if you don't are already receiving that kind of support. Uh, and I'm just very thankful to have that uh, support from him, both professionally and then also personally in my life. Uh, so without further ado, let's get into the interview. I hope you enjoy it. Uh, and thank you again for listening. All right, I'm here with uh, Pastor David Smith. He's a pastor here at Bethel Bible Fellowship Church. Uh, David, for our listeners' sake, since they might not know you personally, could you share some of your past and some of your ministry experience with us? Absolutely. First of all, Jared, thanks uh, for inviting me and asking me to do this. It's a pleasure to uh, interact with you and whoever may be listening. I'm sure the millions and millions of listeners are uh, tuning in intently, wanting to know all these different things about me. Um, well, David Smith, lead pastor here at Bethel, as Jared already stated. I've been in the BFC almost 10 years now. Um, I'm uh, ministry background-wise, uh, been a pastor since 2001. Uh, we planted a small church out in Harrisburg again in 2001 and started with six people, and the Lord blessed us 
to to the point of having a whopping 80 people. Um, and we uh, we joined the BFC again about 10 years ago. We were an independent church. I often say we were like the um, children on the Isle of Mitf- Misfit Toys for a long time. We didn't know where we fit. We were reform-minded. We were Baptistic. Uh, we were very emotional-driven, so we were very uh, exuberant church in terms of our worship, so we didn't really fit in most traditional PCA or conservative Baptist or even Reformed Baptist circles. But when we heard about the BFC, uh, it was just a, it was a godsend for us. So it was really a wonderful thing. So that that was basically my, my background um, in a short Reader's Digest version of, uh, of ministry. I'm originally from uh, Greencastle, Indiana. I've uh, been in Pennsylvania since 1989. My parents were IBMers. So I was in Indiana State University when they moved this way. And I came with them. I wasn't a believer then, and I lived like the world. I won't go through all those sort of details, um, but uh, it wasn't a good experience. Uh, I thought it was at the time when you're in sin, you think that it's the greatest thing. But when you come to the other side and able to see your heart and your activities, you realize that it wasn't anything that was pleasing to the Lord. So um, I got saved in 1993, um, was in a small little church in Harrisburg, Felt like God was calling me to, to maybe pastor. Um, well, I didn't really step back. He probably wanted me to preach. I didn't understand preaching and pastoring were different. Um, <laughs> I thought they were the same, but they are radically different. I thought all you had to do was stand up and proclaim God's word, get to sit down and and go home. And pastoring is much more than that. You care for God's sheep. So uh, from there, I went to Lancaster Bible College, graduated from there in 2004, um, went to Westminster for a time, went to RTS for a time, and uh, finished up my my studies at biblical uh, biblical seminary down in down in Hatfield. Um, but it's just been a been a wonderful journey, Jared, and I'm just uh, really really humbled that the Lord would use a use a guy like me uh, called me into His service. It's pretty pretty amazing. Mm-hmm. Yeah, just a note on that. The 1989 was a good year. Uh, you came to Pennsylvania, and I was born oh, in Pennsylvania. That's very, <laughs> that's very humbling. Major <laughs> humble you a little bit more. Oh my word! Uh, no, but that's, that's that's good. good. Um, we're going to dive into this as a senior pastor, as a lead pastor. What role does youth ministry play in the church? What's um, why is it important? Well, if we uh, if we look at scripture, uh, really from the onset in terms of the instruction of children and instruction of young people in the in terms of their understanding of the faith, discipleship, uh, Deuteronomy six, uh, all the way up to to Ephesians, where it talks about parents at least training children. Um, Timothy talks about training men to train men. I think that would include uh, teenagers and it would include, include young people. I think it's applicable to them. So the role of youth ministry is is integral. It is it is so vital to the longevity of the Christian faith. Now, notice that I didn't say the church. The church is going to continue because Jesus promises that in Matthew 16, that the gates of Hades will not uh, prevail against the church. It will thrive. It will succeed because Christ uh, is our head, our captain, and he will make sure it's so. But in terms of specific ministries, um, our neck of the woods here in Emmaus, uh, as well as for any other church at any other location, if you want to try to preserve your future, you have to make sure that you're training and discipling young people and not just a, an understanding, not a download dump of information regarding, I don't know, various characters, you know, David and 
uh, David and Goliath and various stories throughout the Old Testament, even stories on into the New Testament. I would even say those stories that are salvific, i.e. the cross. It's more than just a download dump, just giving them information. It's teaching young people, helping them understand what it means to interact with this lost and dying world, uh, what it means to be a believer in this lost and dying world. So youth ministry is a huge, huge piece of that. Um, again, in training children and students uh, to go and impact this lost world for Christ. Uh, the psalmist talks about that uh, at least children are like arrows and we shoot them out in the world. And we come alongside, or at least a good youth ministry comes alongside what we pray parents are already doing. We compliment what the parent, we don't supplant them, we compliment what the parent is already doing prayerfully. They're the main disciples. And I will say that twice. We want to build a ministry that's really focused around parents discipling their children, and we come alongside and compliment what parents are already doing. So to that degree, Jared, I think we'll measure our success by how we're enabling um, parents to, to teach their children. And again, we are uh, creating a situation where youth leaders and youth pastors will come alongside parents and prayerfully instruct the children as well. Yeah, that's good. I think that's uh, the key there is coming alongside and helping because you can't uh, let people <clears throat> think that, oh, they're going to take care of it. And then well, I think that speaks to the longevity of it, of a Christian faith. Like if you're not going to be being poured into on a regular basis and it's not going to, not going to grow, not going to prosper in the same way. Uh, so in your opinion, in your humble opinion, as you, you stated earlier, how can a senior pastor best support a youth pastor, whether that be full-time, part-time, or in some cases, some churches just have volunteer leaders? Well, I, I don't think we have to reinvent the wheel. I think it's discipleship. I think a pastor, a senior pastor or pastors that are on a staff need to sow into the life of their youth pastor or youth leaders. Um by, by simply, again, discipling him, uh, by simply coming alongside him. Usually, there's going to be an age gap, as you just uh, unfortunately as remind, as you just reminded me. Um, there's going to be an age gap, so there's an age gap, so there's a plethora of experiences that I have that you haven't experienced yet as a father, as, as a husband, um, and my responsibility is to help you walk through some of those things in a personal way, but also in a quote unquote professional way or help you uh, understand your calling more, understand what it really means to lead, what leadership looks like, what leadership doesn't look like. So you're able to glean from a man who gets into your life things that you want to incorporate in your life and things that maybe you don't want to incorporate in your life as well. So um, I think it's a huge responsibility for leaders to train other leaders. And the youth leader may not, or youth pastor may not always remain a youth pastor. He may one day be a senior pastor. He may one day be an executive pastor. Who knows what God may call him to do? So it's the uh, lead pastor or senior pastor's responsibility to sow into his life in such a way, uh, impacting him in such a way that it's going to create this, hopefully, this nice flow, this leadership flow that's going to bring him up. Again, he may not leave um, youth ministry. He may stay there, but at least he will mature in that and equipping other youth leaders to come alongside him. So there should be this symbiotic, this really nice relationship that the senior pastor has with the youth pastor in terms of nurturing, not just ter in terms of 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 dumping stuff on him, but really delegating and training and prayer. Well, yeah, and uh, it's interesting because in that answer, you uh, teased our next episode, right? I interview my youth pastor from growing up. And we talked about transitioning out of youth ministry and what that looks like and some of the, the struggles and challenges that come with that. Uh, but what would you say to a youth pastor 
uh, or youth leader who might be struggling to find that kind of support from their senior pastor or their lead pastor? Well, I would definitely tell him to to try and pursue it. And I'd feel really uh, sad for that person because it's so important to have that man or men in your life who can really sow into you and support you, who can help you tease out ideas that you may have regarding not just ministry. And I think we get it so compartmentalized that, well, this senior pastor only sows into my life in this area, this youth ministry area, as opposed to my entire life. And I think uh, given the years of separation that I was uh, unfortunately reminded of, um, that usually the senior pastor or lead pastors are older than the youth pastor. And there are a ton of life experiences that that man will have regarding marriage, family, interaction in the community, all these different things that he should be sharing, uh, good and bad, with that youth pastor, hopefully, hopefully again, to, ma- to help him mature. So to not have that would be detrimental to that young man, uh, assuming he's young. And hopefully he could pursue that out um, with, the, with the lead pastor. And prayerfully, that that lead pastor or senior pastor would be equipped and gifted to want to share his life uh, with that with that youth pastor. Uh, I think, unfortunately, there have been times where, especially if you have a very academic senior pastor, um, they may struggle in that area, maybe a little bit to to get close to a guy. And regardless to the personal things, again, they can give you the facts, um, but they may struggle with just the 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 emotional side of it. The 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 bearing the burdens of another brother uh, or sharing their burdens with that brother. Uh, so for that person, I would definitely encourage him to seek someone out. And if it's not going to be the lead pastor, at least seek someone out that's older and mature, wiser, that could help him walk through some situations that that he may face. Prayerfully, again, it's the senior pastor or lead pastor, though. Yeah. yeah, I think that's important. It could be an elder or someone else in the church that, uh, that provides them that wisdom uh, to get mis- missteps and things like that that happen in, in young lives and in ministry in general. Just we, we had to do that. Uh, just for our listeners' sake, um, this is stuff that Pat David is doing with me. Our relationship is uh, mirrors what he's saying here, and it's been, been very helpful uh, for me. Uh, additionally to being a senior pastor or lead pastor here at Bethel, you also have a student— uh, your daughter is in our youth ministry. So I'm going to tap into some of that. And what advice uh, or suggestions would you give to parents in supporting youth pastors or youth leaders? Well, I, uh, man, you will get me started on this one. Having been a high school Bible teacher as well, I, I, I remember our headmaster at the time saying, well, this is the order. Here's your role. Here's the order in which we'd like to see the education of the student. It's the parent. It's the church. It's you. And what I found from knowing youth pastors and being a pastor, even as I was a Bible teacher, it really wasn't always that order. Uh, oftentimes it was the youth pastor, maybe the Bible teacher, then maybe the parent was somewhere else that the main instructor of the child. Again, this is not every case, but the main instructor for most children is going to be the youth pastor, youth leaders, a maybe Bible teacher, uh, and if, if they were to go to Christian school, and then the parent. Um, so for me as pastor who has a daughter in youth group, it's important for us to support the youth ministry, but not put all the responsibility on that youth pastor for Shemaiah's maturity, for her growth. Um, you and Megan and the other leaders can only spend a certain amount of time with her, and you see her you know, in that hour and a half or a few hours that you have with her. We get to see her day in and day out, and she sees us day in and day out. So there's opportunities for growth. There's opportunities for discussion and dialogue as we as we sin against each other, if we're going to be honest. You know, she's uh, 14. She sins. Uh, she lives with sinners. 
and we're able to uh, display grace to one another. We're able to talk about what mercy looks like in the context of family. But, but the main thing that we've always done, we don't even do this in the educational system in terms of her schooling. The main responsibility of her learning is not the teacher. It's, it's ours. Uh, and we take that very, very, very seriously. So we don't put the pressure on a youth pastor. Well, Shemai is this way or Shemai is not happy. It's, it's your fault. No, that's that. We don't believe that's your responsibility. Uh, you support us and prayerfully. Um, as that happens again, there's this just nice relationship. So for us, we think there's a good balance and uh, it works for us and prayerfully for other parents as well as they take the responsibility for their children. So reverse of that question then, how can youth pastors and youth leaders support parents? Since that's what we're going for, the role of supporting, how, how can I as youth pastor support your efforts as, as a parent? I think the mindset, Jared, as you well know, you've been in youth ministry for some time. Uh, the mindset in ministry has to shift because there has been maybe not uh, explicit in the sense that youth pastor, you're responsible for the growth. That's never been stated anywhere, but that's the really the action of some parents that we're expecting you to... Or behavior modification. Oh, exactly. You're, you're, you're going to be the main one that's going to do it. So I think it's it's a change of mindset that the youth pastor has to help with support of the elders and leadership of the church. You can't, if one's saying something and the leadership of the church is saying something else, then that's a mixed message to parents. So the the main focus has to be that youth pastor and those leaders supporting parents. So I think the parent needs to understand his or her or the grandparents. We live in a different world than we did 40 years ago. Whoever that main person is in that child's life who's providing for him, that it's their responsibility. It's their privilege to be able to educate, biblically educate, and help their child mature by discipling them. It's a huge responsibility. It's not an easy one. It's very difficult. And I think, Jared, the best thing you can do is help them understand their role and their importance uh, and your limitations. Um, that you are not able to have the kind of impact that that parent is going to have long-term. Yes, for a season of that child's life, the four years or whatever that they're in youth group, you're able to impact. There's no doubt. You shouldn't, again, be the main impact, but you're going to impact. But that parent is going to have a lifetime of impact. And prayerfully, it's something they start early, as early as, you know, first or second grade, kindergarten, that they're seeing uh, their parents model the things that that parent would want them to be. And we are modeling, right? We're all modeling. The question is, are we modeling for Christ? Are we modeling for ourselves or for the world? What's that really look like? So the best way you can support me as a parent is to hold me accountable for the maturity, the main um, person in the maturation process of my child and not let me absolve that to you and because that it's longevity for you it gives you good it's good job security for you but it's not the biblical mandate it's not the way that the bible mandates think it's the parents responsibility and they need to take it seriously we all do yeah this has been really good thank you for uh, those uh, good words and i in your humble opinion your uh, i think it's very biblical very very focused uh mindset and outlook on, on these things. Uh, before we wrap up, um, I want to give you an opportunity to expand your um, support and sense for our listeners and what resources or articles or anything maybe you've been reading that you can find or would like to pass on to other youth leaders, other youth pastors who might be listening. Uh, well, there's a plethora of things that are out there regarding um, the relationship uh, growth in a and a youth pastor and his, uh, his and her, because you are going to have both men and women uh, in in your uh, 
in your youth group, uh, in your youth ministries. I, I think the main thing I would want to share with them is be a student of God's Word. Um, develop and maintain a biblical worldview that is all-encompassing. Um, I've, I've found at times that there's sometimes a lack of worldview in, in, a, in a youth group. And again, the guy can be biblical. Uh, he, he can he can really parse out a text. He can really uh, help a student understand a text. But in the larger context, I think students have a difficult time bridging the gap that, okay, I understand this story, whatever that story is, or this doctrine that has been explained to me. How does that play out in 10th grade homeroom? How does that play out in 11th grade PE? How does that play out with transgender issues? How does that play out with BLM, Black Lives Matter? How, this is for our current world. So I think for a, a youth pastor, it's really important that he develop a serious worldview. Um, I'm a big fan of John Stone Street. He's with the Chuck Colson Center uh, on worldview. John Stone Street, he they put out really cool and neat little videos. He stimulates you um, mentally. Uh, he's, a, he's a worldview guy. He put out a lot of books uh, that, that I think uh, would be very helpful as well. Won't name all of them. But John Stone Street, if I was going to say one, would be that guy that I think really puts the, the jelly on the bottom shelf, so to speak, that it's not um, so high and lofty that a, a maybe if you haven't had philosophy or done a ton of work in worldview that you'd be overwhelmed by, it would be something that's tangible for you. So I think keeping your finger on the, on the pulse of culture and understanding what's going on, understanding what your students may be facing, and then helping them bridge that gap theologically. And think about that, Jared. If I'm doing that, uh, from a church perspective, the parents doing that at home, there's really no wiggle room uh, for that student. And how they're going to work that out is going to be the eight hours that they spend in high school, right? Or, or middle school, or wherever the case may be. They're going to get to work that out. They're going to succeed and they're going to fail. And hopefully as they succeed, they bring those that information to both groups, parents, youth group, as they fail, Mom, Dad, I've blown it. I've succumbed to this, maybe. I've embraced these ideas but now I process them through two filters, mom, dad, grandparents, whomever, youth pastor, and I'm not just only allowing one source of information. Think about this, Jared. What if youth ministries only had one source of information, i.e. the school? Peers were their only group of information. What would that look like? It looked like what we have now, right? Lord of the Flies. Exactly. It'd be groupthink, which is incredibly, incredibly dangerous. And what we're trying to create is a mechanism for children to be able, students to be able to process information and not be afraid to have fear, not to be afraid to have doubts, not be afraid to say, hey, I don't understand these things and how Christians have maybe historically re in interacted with these things incorrectly, maybe, uh, how the church currently interacts with such things. So I, I think there has to be this really nice flow of communication that I think a a youth pastor can be a huge part of. And if I could say anything, you're not the sole responsibility for these kids. Um, and it's hard. I even say that for me as lead pastor, we can get this Superman complex. It's really important for us to realize that we're complimenting. Uh, I'm complimenting what others are doing. Small group leaders, right? Um, other elders, uh, other Sunday school teachers. I'm complimenting. We're all complimenting one another. It's not just my sole responsibility. And for the youth pastor, it's not just his. It's also the parents. So 
uh, prayerfully, all those youth leaders, uh, in addition to the things, the books will have leadership support, elder support uh, to back them when they fall, when they mess up, because it happens. And they're going to need that support when things go wrong, uh, which potentially could happen very, very quickly. Yeah, that's, it's very liberating to, to realize that, that you're not the sole responsibility. And even as a parent, you do what you can. You're faithful to God's calling, but it's not your determination or what you do that saves your child. It's the exactly. work of the Spirit. So uh, so it's encouraging as parents raise their kids and unfortunately see them walk away. They know that as long, I think as long as you know you did what you could do and you used the time you had effectively and faithfully, that, that's the, the measure of success. Well, thank you for uh, sitting in in my office and doing this interview. Uh, appreciate all, all the insight and hopefully as Listeners, you find this encouraging uh, and uplifting as you seek out or are encouraged by the support you have from your senior pastor. Thank you for listening. Uh, Tune in next week. Thank you for listening to this episode of another Youth Ministry Podcast. We've included links to resources mentioned in this episode in the show notes. We appreciate your feedback and comments. And we'd love to hear from you. You can email us your comments, questions, or suggestions for future topics. Our email is anotheryampodcast at gmail.com. Thank you, and we'll talk to you next week.